Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. I've spent nearly five decades in the field of transformation, coaching people all over the world how to identify and break through old patterns and limiting beliefs that have kept them stuck and challenged to move their lives in the direction of what matters most. In this podcast, we'll hear from some interesting people in the field of transformation and others who, by example, are courageously tearing down old walls, reinventing themselves, and building their lives in the new beyond. And I'll be adding some personal perspective and hopefully some wisdom and insight as we go. So let's dive in as we begin an adventure in going beyond where you think you can go. This week's episode is part two of the anniversary event, celebrating community, collaboration, and consciousness, recorded before a live virtual audience. And what follows in this episode is the Q&A portion of the evening. So stay tuned to hear how my guests and I answered the questions posed to us by the audience. Are you ready? Okay, let's dive in. Let's get to some questions, shall we? Yeah, while while Justina is pulling up those questions, we have a question from Eric. How did you guys meet? (laughs) Oh boy, do we have stories or do we have stories? (laughs) I'll start with my mom. Well, I did the trainings in 1987 and Michael was on staff. And he, he was a very young guy. Um, as I was, to my Jewish friends, he was a little pisher. Um, and, <laughs> and my, my mom, old, did, right? 21, 22, maybe. My mom did the first level training. And my mom was such a dear and not quite sure how consciously aware she was, but anyway. She, at one point, the train leaves the training, comes back, isn't seated, the, hanging up her coat. Da, da, da. I'm outside. I, I happen to walk outside. She's outside having a moment with the staff. If you, any of you know, if you've done in-person trainings or in a breakout room with the staff, if it's Zoom, Michael, Michael comes by and he goes, your mother is a boop. <laughs> Which is completely true. And an adorable one. And that's how Michael and I started our relationship. And I then came to work a few years later, worked for him. He's been one of my key mentors. And I always say, for those of you who've done level three practice, I uh, I love that game. And uh, I'm good at it. And there are two people who I learned everything from around leadership. One's dad and one is Michael Strasser. And Lynn Sheridan did the trainings when I was an area director and her light, I'll just say it briefly, her light was bright, shining so brightly 
I did everything I could to have her come on board so that she could touch people the way she does. Mm -hmm. And Judith, Judith was like the wise goddess of trainers when I started. <laughs> and, and, and anyway, so when Judith came to your play, went to your city, you just did whatever you did to make it work. <laughs> I came to your city. You were you were in you had a sit a center in Washington D.C. and I got assigned to your center. That at back in those days, trainers were assigned to different centers, and you were my assignment, Lisa. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but that's where I met you. And that's also where I met Lynn. Uh, as Lynn was, first of all, Lynn was staffing a training that I led. And then a few months later, she was captaining a training that I led. And of course, there are so many stories that come from the trainings that we won't get into here, but <laughs> behind closed doors, we, we get to share remembrance. And Michael, uh, I think I first met you in a trainer's meeting, right? Yeah, we've been in a trader meeting. Ju Judith and I go way back, uh, 30 some odd years ago. I fell in love with Judith. I mean, as everybody does, I fell in love with Judith. Um, we, we hit it off in a trainer's meeting and we we went out together and hung out together and, uh, you know, had dinner together and did all the things. And it was just like love at first sight. And we've been crying and laughing since so yep and i can you know every time you say you're 80 it's so shocking honestly for me because you're like 52 to me always so. yeah i know it's shocking to me too i really uh, seriously can, you I know, can i share something really really adorable about you the other day i'm talking to judith uh and and lisa and lynn and i say so so judith have you thought about that da, 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 da? and judith said yeah, you know, I think I'm going to make that part of my future plans. You know, I love that Judith is 80 and she's got major future plans. Okay. That's yeah. what we all get to create in our lives. Is I'm not, yeah, I'm not finished yet. Uh -oh. I'm, I, I'm really not finished. Uh, no. uh, uh, briefly, Michael Strasner interviewed me to work for the company and I remember a key moment in the interview some of you know that I'm sometimes too authentic and Michael said uh you probably shouldn't mention that to anybody else for you to get hired <laughs> and so I was like okay so I need to shut my mouth some and uh Lisa I remember a key moment of tuning into Lisa as my air director around first weekend where I was pretty selfish going in. I wanted to get mine and I really didn't care about anybody else. And I didn't want to share the work of transformation. And there was a key moment on my first weekend of leadership where I got the game. And that was courtesy of Lisa Kalman. And I got who I could be in the game and the influence I could make. And that's, She's been my best friend ever since, through thick and thin. And then Judith and I initially in some rocky situations together and seeing a woman who exuded love, exuded love and diffused any situation through standing in love. And that taught me volumes. Yeah. It's been fun.
<laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, so let's let's. So here's a question from Daryl. Uh, Daryl asks, as trainers, what would you do differently inside the training room from this new paradigm energy? Hmm. I'm not sure we'd do anything differently. I think we are already operating from this paradigm. I mean, this is the paradigm that we have stood for, for 170 years collectively, and that we have been working towards. So I, I think that is what we basically represent and stand for. What do you guys, anybody have any other thoughts? I do. We, you know, the thing about this, the, the training and training, the training and facilitating the training is it's the process itself is always evolving and how to deliver it is always evolving. So one of the things that I believe as a trainer is that I and we are constantly in the question of what are we doing and how can we do it more effectively? And think about what was shared earlier tonight about the pandemic. I mean, we've had to alter our belief or attachment to the way that we facilitate the training or a process and to be in complete discovery about how to deliver the power and the impact and the value of something in a completely different way than we've ever done before and to have confidence and trust that we can do it and then be able to do it. And so we're always in that space and in that in that uh, consciousness but I will say that the way I trained 35 years ago is totally different than the way I train now. And the training itself has definitely evolved for sure. Yeah, for sure. It has. Yeah. I did. I, I just add in that I think as we're beginning to have scientific backing for all of what we do, uh, knowing that and standing firmly on that and also the feminine the embracing of the feminine in particular, and uh, I think sometimes the third level can get very will-driven, getting out of our will and and really connecting the power of emotions with our intention more solidly. For me, that is not so effortful, effortful and I was all will when I was in my third level, which doesn't work. <laughs> very well <laughs> yeah you know i'm good i think that you all have said things that are wonderful. Yeah. all right so here's another question from holly v how has your answer to what do you want changed over the years or has it one so, word what do you want is an inquiry yeah right? so one word right now for yeah. me which is my consistent i get it is an inquiry and an ongoing inquiry oneness period Oneness, oneness on the planet. And world peace. I'm just kidding. <laughs> world peace. Yeah. Yeah. Little Miss Congeniality joke. We can handle it. Hello, Miss Congeniality joke. Uh, I, who I am has shifted and elevated and transformed since my own experience in the process. So I, I don't remember what I said. I know love at some point came out of my mouth that part has not changed mm. that desire for uh god and universal love to be filling all of us uh yeah i i yeah because everything else i think about that i want is content 
So mm -hmm. I like content, I do, but that's. <laughs> I think how I responded back then, hard to remember back 50 years ago, but I think what I wanted was pure content back then. And I would say that what I want today is connection, mm. is community, is uh, family, is community, is community being the big community, mm. like the world. You know, I want, I want the world to actualize its potential. I want planet Earth to actualize its potential. And I know that it's not gonna do that without all of us working together, actualizing our own potential. Hmm. That will become a, uh, that is a collective endeavor. Now, will I be around to see that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. I see a lot more clues that we're moving in that direction than I saw 50 years ago. I think we're making progress. How about you, Michael? I don't think, I, I mean, for sure, my what do you want hasn't changed. Um, my, I, I remember vividly what I want. So Michael, Michael warned us that he might cry tonight. And so Michael's being emotional. <laughs> He fulfilled what he declared. Yep. <laughs> Love you, Michael. Yeah. I um, I wanted world peace, and I still want it, and I'm committed to it every day. So that has not changed. Yeah, and I would define that world peace is the world actualizing its potential. Oneness. That's, that's the potential of the world, is for us all to actualize our potential and in our oneness create the potential, our collective potential, which would be unity and peace. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. That. Can we can we uh, close up the chat because it's starting <laughs> to move and it's hard to see the questions. Let's see. There we are. Okay, I've lost the questions because the chat. Scrolling. Hold on here. Yeah, they're back. Someone asks, do you have an estimate of how many people you each impacted directly in this world? My my estimates right now, we were working on figuring that out. Um, I th think I'm around 68,000. I haven't a clue. Someone did the, ma someone did the math for me. I, <laughs> I mean, 100,000, 100, I don't know. Uh, I stopped counting. Hey, you know, I want to say that the impact that all of you have made, I'm talking about the three trainers here that were collaborating tonight, but everybody directly and indirectly just never ends. <laughs> it never ends. And that's the idea is that it never ends. It just keeps growing and expanding. Here's an interesting question from Julie. She asked, how do we raise consciousness with people not ready to go through transformational leadership? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I have a 
I believe what you and you talked about this, Judith, as we as we step into our own potentiality and consciousness, and Lynn talked about vibration, raising our vibration, it affects people. Something happens. It's critical mass. We talk about standing in the drift and uh, standing for uh, or as love or peace or whatever it is. And what occurs around us, you know, if we look at any huge leap in humanity, not everybody knew what was happening and was consciously choosing it. They kind of came with the shift. So it, it, and very specifically, let me answer this, Julie, is if, if trust is missing in your relationship, be trust. If love is missing in your relationship, be love. If openness is missing in your family, be open. Be the source of what's missing. And if you build it, they will come. I will say that for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, Julie, I think everyone is ready. And you knew I was going to answer that. I think everyone is ready. They don't know what they're saying no to. And so for me, it is, how do I be in such a way? How do I connect in such a way? And be with them, not from my agenda, but from opening up what matters for them, that they see what they can step into. And I think that's every, listen, every first level training, everybody doesn't start ready. <laughs> Some of us were not ready. We were not at all clear what we were walking into. We stepped left and we made a different choice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. They don't know what they're saying no to. Yeah. I want to say something about this. Do you want to add something? No, go ahead. I was going to go to the next question, but go ahead, Michael. This is, this is a big one. Um, to me, uh, one, I 100% agree with Lynn. Everybody's ready. They just don't know. I also agree 100% with Lisa that it's about being and being in love and caring and evoking and standing for the possibility and all of it. I also want to say this. Are you willing to have an honest, direct, interruptive conversation with somebody you love? Because I can tell you right now, if I think about the people that I enrolled, I'm talking about family, close, intimate relationships. Um, and I think about how many of them would have enrolled or been committed to transformation if I didn't go where I went. And the honest answer is a very small percent. Everybody knows my story of enrolling my dad. I've shared it with every team I've ever worked with. A hundred conversations before he said yes. I mean, nobody's ready to give up mediocrity, survival, fear, Discomfort, discomfort, their stories, their excuses, their need to be right. Nobody's ready to give those things up because they're, they're used to it. And they're unfortunately cynical and part of a cynical consciousness that we have where we don't think that we can do it or we can create something new or whatever. And so it requires unfortunately, sometimes, and fortunately, somebody to be that interruption. And I think that that's where the breakthroughs are, not only for the person that goes 
to that transformation and has it, but for you, the person that you are. And if you go there, welcome to my world as a breakthrough trainer. Welcome to Lisa's world. Welcome to Judas world. Welcome to Lynn's world because we have the uncomfortable conversations. And we have them now because we're trainers, but if we weren't willing to have them before when we were graduates and students, we would have never been trainers or invited to become a trainer. Amen. And I, I enroll a ton of people all the time in this work constantly because I know I got to be my contract. I got to be my best self. I got to reinvent myself. And there will inevitably be an uncomfortable conversations. Still, still, there will be uncomfortable conversations thinking it's going to somehow end because I always have them. No, <laughs> it's great. And worth it. Beautiful, Michael. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, thank you for the question. So yeah. seven, seven years on dad, on my dad. Seven years on my dad. Ten on mine. Yeah. Yep. Okay, <laughs> so another are, question. The they are, the bigger, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> okay, another question. What What's the biggest gift you sourced during the pandemic? What was your biggest struggle? Hmm. I'll make this simple. My, Michael actually alluded to it. Um, letting go of my attachment about how the trainings needed to look. Oh. So as soon as it happened, I could get my head through level one. Like I literally went through day by day and I got to breakthrough, which is the one I do most often. And I'm like, no, it can't happen. I was so at first in my attachment and the, and, and the pandemic was the great leveling ground for all of us. Yes. You know, it brought level ground to everybody. We all had to reinvent. And so I letting go of what I thought it had to look like and then inventing and believing and trusting not only my collaborators, all of you, which are here and, and a few others, but also trusting that I could deliver this this way. Like, I think that was my biggest personal um leap i had to believe i could deliver it and make a difference because i didn't want to do anything that didn't make a difference the way and i and what's your experience now three years later lisa leading these trainings in this kind of a on this platform this kind of a platform in this kind of a format what's your experience uh profoundly pleasantly surprised and joyful that it is as powerful as it is and that people's lives are transforming and that we have a venue and a way to get to people that we never had before, not just because of the pandemic, people who couldn't have traveled, couldn't have spent the money, people who wouldn't have left their house. That was a shock to me. There are people who, because of their own thoughts and beliefs, would never have left their home to go do something like this, but felt okay doing it. We have touched many more people than I ever imagined this way. And I'm so grateful. And I'm particularly grateful to Michael, you and Lynn and, and HCL for opening this up for me. Okay. Biggest gift you sourced during the pandemic and biggest struggle. Judith? Well, I, I, I alluded to it in my opening remarks, which was my immediate thought was, okay, 
I'm at that time when the pandemic first came, I was, you know, in my late seventies, uh, 78, I think, but you know, up there, not a spring chicken. And so just by virtue of my age, you know, probably at increased risk. So I think the biggest uh, challenge for me, well, it wasn't really a challenge. I mean, it was a commitment and I closed all the back doors and that was the end of it was the conversation I got to have with myself about, okay, girl, you get to, you get to be strong. You get to be clean. You get to do your inner housekeeping you know, you get to clean up your diet, you get to get on a very rigorous exercise regimen, no matter what non negotiable. Uh, and so I that's what I did. And I, you know, I took it on like I take on most things, which is a 1000%. And I am, I don't know about anybody else here. I'm looking for a piece of wood to knock, I'll knock my desk. I have not gotten COVID. And I'm one of the, the small percentage of people, I think now, who never got COVID. And I'm, I'm one of those people. I still wear a mask mm -hmm. when I go into the grocery store, when I go out, you know, if I'm indoors in a public place, I still wear a mask. And many times I'm the only person wearing a mask and I don't care. I could care less. I haven't had a cold. I haven't had a sniffle. I haven't had a sore throat nothing. My health has never been better. So that's a huge gift. And I, I, you know, I would have to say the biggest struggle was in the very, very beginning when we were on lock, 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 lockdown, and I couldn't be with my family. I couldn't see my granddaughter. I couldn't see my kids. Uh, that, that was the hardest part for me. And then finally, we got to open up a little bit and you know, I got to spend time with them. So, you know, the pandemic, I know it's been um, catastrophic for a lot of people. I have to say for me, it really opened me up to a whole new domain of possibility, including Lisa, what you referred to, not having to get on airplanes anymore to fly, <laughs> you know, all these places to do, to do what I do. I, I like doing it online. I love it. Thank you all for being here. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. thought about you. I think that um, I think that this work is such an honor and a privilege. And I've always thought that. And I think that it's easy when things are working to love what's happening and to think that I'm creating it and I'm causing it and I can do it anytime I want. And I think that the greatest challenge of the pandemic was to figure out who I get to be in order to create the relationship with my wife, the relationship with my kids, the relationship with my work, the relationship with, with myself and family extended and, and, all of it um, in an environment that I had never been in before and in a, in a challenging environment with all the different things that I and we were challenged with. And so it was 
hard and difficult at times with not being able to see my kids, not being able to see my family, not, I mean, listening to people sharing the, the sad, epically sad stories about loss of life and important family members and seeing the, the challenge and the difficulty in the hospital. I mean, just every day, but also facing it and confronting it and experiencing it and yet being in the vision and, and figuring out who I get to be to make the difference no matter what. And so that was the challenge. I think that was the biggest challenge is that combination, not to lose myself and lose my purpose and lose my vision and become cynical and, and, and give in to, to it because it was an onslaught of, of, challenge so did you did you have COVID, michael no never had it i didn't either you lynn yeah yeah and i knock on wood a little bit too yeah because i haven't actually had a a sickness in you know really like i mean nothing serious or anything flu wise or whatever for three and a half maybe four years and i don't really get sick that often anyway but it's still kind of mind-boggling that i haven't had like a flu we had a lot I of actually had it. I actually had it in December, and I was so clear I wasn't going to g- generate COVID that I actually called Michael. We were talking, and he gave me all this stuff, and I thought I had a sinus infection. I was just like, "Oh, this isn't happening to me." And I'm like, oh, I was feeling, I was feeling <laughs> with echinacea and vitamin <laughs> totally. Totally. I, I, we had a little hypothesis with me that I had uh, been to China in December of 2019 and I came home and I couldn't get well. I was coughing. I couldn't get well. And that's unusual for me. So we are <laughs> hypothesizing that I could have been one of the people sharing. sharing <laughs> patient zero. zero. <laughs> one. Patient zero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the patients zero. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your contribution. Here's an interesting question from Esther. She asks, can children learn this new way of being? I'm a, I'm a yes. They come out oneness. They come out the first eight months reminder developmentally. There's no separation. They see I am everything. And so they learn division. We learn things like racism. We learn limitations. But the innate nature, if we watch little ones, they just want everyone to be happy. They want to play. They want to share their goobery popsicle with their nose on it. (laughs) They want to share everything. This is the nature of us innately. And so when we've done family trainings and, you know, we could speak to that, Kids take a lot less time to unlearn. They're a lot quicker. They will get it right like that and shift on a dime, thankfully. Yeah, I just want to say, having 13-year-old twin boys, given that I see myself coming and going with them constantly, that of course they can. If they can model my behaviors that are not my most transformational behaviors, then I'm very clear that they can model my transformational behaviors, which they do sometimes. So they're just like walking, you know, little replicas in some ways. So yes, but that is all about us. It's all about us. Absolutely. 
And, you know, you, you can teach your children, you can share with your children what, what you're learning. I remember uh, coming home from the training and sharing with my children about the victim salute, <laughs> the victim salute for listeners. I'm holding up a V on my forehead. Uh, and, and so you can teach your children, you know, not to be victims. You can teach them responsibility in, in, you know, in adapted ways. Kids are perfectly capable of learning this. In fact, there way, 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 way back 50 years ago, there was a children's training. And my oldest daughter, who's here in the house tonight, took that training at six years old. And uh, yeah, she's six years old. She's now in her 50s. <laughs> it's a whole life of transformation. Of course, with me as her mother, she didn't have <laughs> she didn't have much of a chance of escaping. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to share a question here. Oh, we're, okay. So this is going to be our last question. Um, I've lost. It's from Andrew. He says I've lost a significant amount of weight since I graduated in November, thirty-seven pounds as of today, down under two hundred pounds for the first time in a decade. I've been thinking it's due to a medication change but I'm starting to wonder if it may have to do with transformation. So my question is, have, have they, meaning us, witnessed significant physical change in others before? Absolutely. All the time. Massive weight loss, massive recovery from, you know, chronic illnesses and things like that. So Andrew, first of all, congratulations to you. Yes. Snaps to you. Great job. Great job. Yeah. Now, um, I, I do want to, just in the closing minutes that we have together here, uh, I, I said that there was something that I was going to share. I had a little something special cooked up for you. I have formed a Facebook group for this community. And Justina, if you will put the link in the chat... There it is, Living in the New Beyond. That Facebook group is now open. And so let's make community. We've been talking about community tonight. Let's be a community. Let's support each other. This, I'm committed to supporting you inside of that community. And so there's the link. Go join it. Uh, it's, a private, it's a private group. So, you know, you'll be in there by, uh, you'll be in there by invitation and you're all invited. So um, I want to take the, this opportunity to thank you all so much for being here. Uh, it, it's really been an amazing evening for me. I, I hope it has been for you. Any closing thoughts or remarks from, uh, from my guests? I just want to say thank you for the invitation. Thank you all for being here. I love that this is a plethora of incredible people making such a difference in the world. And what a gift to be in a Facebook group where there's a uh, interaction and an engagement with people who are up to such extraordinary possibilities. So, Judith, thank you. I can't wait to join myself. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank 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 you for creating beautiful space as usual and opening huge possibility for people to step into and stand in. And Michael and Lisa for doing the same for so many people for so many years everywhere. And for everybody that is here, thank you for who you are in the world. Thank you for putting into practice and living it day in, day out, and not just resting on laurels of accomplishment, but knowing that we got to keep paying it forward to everybody else that we love. Yay. Beautiful. Uh, Lynn, Lisa, Judith, I love you all. I admire you. I respect you. I could not just listen to you, but I could also absorb with, with pure excitement when you speak about your own experience, about life and about this work, you've touched so many people's lives. I also know that you guys are busy and have lots of commitments and things and you don't have to be here and don't have to do this. And I just love that you did it, I did it, we all did it and we wanted to do it. And we're excited about playing together. This is community collaboration and consciousness in action. And of course, Judith for the invitation and everybody, Thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you all for participating. And even if you didn't put questions in there and they all didn't get answered, don't take it personally. I love you. We love you. And we look forward to other opportunities to make a difference and contribute and to learn together. So take care of your family and friends and we'll see you in our next opportunity. Thank you. And thank you all to our podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us again out here in the new beyond. So until the next time we meet out here. Many blessings. Before we go, let me take a moment to thank all of you dear listeners for being here. And if you're up for it, I have a little extra credit homework assignment for you. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple or give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference and I would be so appreciative. Meanwhile, We'll see you next time here in the new beyond. Many blessings.